Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm Chad, bang and blame, so wash. This week is a lactose-free Chad and Cheese Podcast, but we have questions. Questions like, will the Miami Heat bang and blame? Will ISIMs find their inner humanity? And is the age of social media ending? Man, I hope not. What the hell would Cheeseman do without big booty Latinas and bug fights? Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating? manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, Yeah. simplicity. <laughs> Seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> all right, kids. So today I'm not alone. There is no cheese. So all you lactose-free kids, you'll be okay for tomorrow. But uh, we do have a special guest. The special guest today is our friend, 
Get ready. Drum roll, please. Adam Godson. Adam, how you doing, man? Hey, Chad. Great to be with you. So for all the kids at home who have never had the pleasure of knowing Adam Godson, would give us a little Twitter bio of you. Well, I'm happy to be here. I feel like I'm substitute cheese today. I'm that substance that that no one knows exactly what it is. Uh, uh, (laughs) You're vegan cheese. I'm vegan cheese. Yes, yes, I am am fake cheese today. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's great. I've been in the recruiting space uh, a long time. Uh, I spent uh, many years at Cielo as their uh, leading technology there. And now I'm chief product officer at Paradox. And so uh, we've known each other a long time. So happy to be here on the show. Yeah, well, give us a little bit about you, though. Kids, where do you live, that kind of stuff. Um, I live in southeastern Wisconsin, uh, and I've got two boys. They are 13 and 10. My wife, Andrea, is we live in her hometown in Wisconsin. And, yeah, I've been in recruiting technology a long time, and that's mostly what I do for fun. <laughs> that's what you have to do for fun in Wisconsin. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Winter is coming. That is, that is true. <laughs> But but you're you're in Sweden. What in the hell are you doing in Sweden? At an ABBA concert, right? That is true. Uh, I, that is true. I am in Sweden. Actually, uh, I'm at the Workday Rising Conference, which is in, in Stockholm this week. Uh, so I had a session I spoke at this morning. Uh, and and uh, but although on Tuesday, one of the members of ABBA did speak at the at the Rising Conference. So you're you're right on. No shit. Yeah, it was great. He was he was staying alive. They spoke and they, they didn't sing. They didn't have all of. I'm, wait a minute. Is ABBA or are they all still alive? I can't. I can't remember. I'm not, I'm not entirely clear on that. But uh, yeah, they 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 sort of did an interview kind of a thing. Talked about uh, what they're doing these days. I love it. I love it. Well, that's that's one of our most favorite sound bites. Uh, let's go ahead and let's jump to shout outs. My first shout out is going to be to. FBI Director Christopher Ray, who told Congress this week that he is extremely concerned. I'm using air quotes there. Extremely concerned. Beijing could weaponize data collected through TikTok, which is owned by, we all know, ByteDance in China, uh, during a House Homeland Security Committee hearing on worldwide threats Tuesday, Ray flagged the risk that the Chinese government could harness the video sharing app to influence users or control those devices. Boy, that escalated quickly. This just seems to be like way out there sci-fi <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is wild. I mean, I, I think we saw how much in previous elections, other things, social media can can influence the way that people think. And certainly, TikTok has a pretty wild algorithm that draws people in. So there's a, there's a lot of things to be concerned about there. But it is wild to hear government officials starting to openly talk about it. I think people have talked for years about algorithms being optimized for science and uh, useful things in in China, and then pranks and bouncing boobs in the uh, in the u.s so trying to make sure that that we have different algorithms for different folks based on what they want them to to know yeah no their algorithm is addictive and i do mean addictive i just don't know what cheeseman would do without tiktok (laughs) big 
booty Latinas and bug fights because that's I mean that's his thing so I don't, he's gonna have to figure that one out if they're if TikTok gets shut down in the US <laughs> Joel, Joel will need new hobbies or, or he'll get like the Chinese version and like they'll, it'll be about science projects and useful things he can do so he'll be all into new hobbies yeah I, I don't think Joel is in the useful space anymore it's all beyond <laughs> that at this point do you got a shout out I do uh, so I'm in Stockholm and the sun sets at 3.15 every day. So I, I have not seen this the sun in many days. So I'm giving my shout out to the sun. So uh, miss you, buddy. <laughs> well, I have it down here in Portugal with me. This is what blows my mind. We're two guys from the U.S. You're in Sweden and I'm in Portugal and we're doing the show. So <laughs> just so that you know, you can come down after you're done. We've got plenty of sun here. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be down. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into the Chad and Cheese Fantasy Football League powered by our friends at Factory Fix. Adam, Factory Fix is located in Chicago and they're all Bears fans over there. Factory Fix loves them some bears. So growing up in Iowa and now living in Wisconsin, what are what are your thoughts on, on the bears, especially this season? Well, the season doesn't really matter. The bears are kind of always the same. As a Packers <laughs> fan, uh, I can say that the, uh, the the bears usually enjoy watching the playoffs from home. Uh, and so I hope they, can, they, they look like they'll continue to do that this year. So do you think the Packers are going to make the playoffs this year? <laughs> That's yet to be determined also. But uh, as a Packers fan, <laughs> as bad as things are, at least you're not the Bears. <laughs> I got to say, I don't think the Packers are going to make it, number one. I doubt that the I doubt that the Bears will, but our Ohio State University Buckeye alum, Justin Fields, has been lighting it up. Last week against the Lions, he had 13 carries for 147 yards, and, and the week prior, 15 carries for 178 yards against the Miami Finns, who, I, I, are they still undefeated? Uh, they're not. They're having a good season, uh, especially on on offense, for sure. Yeah, damn. Anyway, I think I think Fields has has found his groove. So I'm just gonna leave it there and uh, say go Bucks. Here's the the rundown of this week's fantasy football factory fix one to twelve. Number one, Chris top of the pack Mannion. Number two, Matt climbed that hill. Number three, Serge Boudoir Boudreau. Number four. Joseph SpaceX Wilkie. Number five, Joel This Is America Jack Cheeseman. Six, Christy Kelling in the name of. Seven, Dennis Middle of the Pack Tupper. Chad, I won last week. How did I lose three fucking spots? So wash. James Gilliams Island. Jason Von Putnam. Mike Checking Out the Basement Schaefer. And Dan Come On the basement is fine, Shoemaker. That's our factory fix one to 12. I still don't know how these rankings work. All I know is I'm not in the bottom where I was last year. So it's <laughs> it's it's getting better. Are, now, do you, are you on any fantasy football leagues? I think you have to be. I am. I am. A uh, rule. I think it's a law in Wisconsin, is it not? I think that's true, yes. Um, fun fact, I actually have played fantasy football since 1991 um, when uh, we grabbed like a flyer off of a, like a piece, a case of beer at the, at the at a gas station that described what to do. Uh, and we like used yes. to go with the newspaper and do it all by hand. So uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. My my father-in-law still, he's in, I think, four leagues. One of his league is still a paper league. I'm like, dude, what the f- What that's are you awesome. doing? He's like, it's a blast. We have a whiteboard. We do it on paper. I'm like, that's just, that's ridiculous. 
Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. That's like saying I miss my horse and buggy. Right, right. Uh, we we didn't do it by choice. It was all that existed at the time. Back then, I'm talking about now. He still has a paper that's league. That's wild. It's crazy. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so birthdays this week, kids. Joel is the birthday guy, so he can double down on birthdays next week. But if it is your birthday this month and you haven't signed up for free stuff, you're missing a chance to win a bottle of rum from Plum.io, the the, the platform that makes your night better with rum and the platform that makes talent decisions with proven science. That's right, kids. We also have more free stuff. You can also win t-shirts. Adam, do you have your new Chad and Cheese t-shirt yet? I don't have one yet, but uh, I need one for for Chad and vegan cheese. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, they're soft and cuddly. That's what the Chad and Cheese podcast t-shirt is all about, making sure it's like a, it's like being spooned by Chad and Cheese. Uh, it's warm, it's cozy, and it's awkward all at the same time. You're really selling it. You're really selling it. <laughs> what? Spooning? The Chad yes, and Cheese is not? Spooning. Okay. Right. Maybe not. You can also win a box of craft beer brewed by Aspen Tech Labs. Okay, so maybe they didn't actually brew the beer, but they're buying it for you. You're welcome. And last but not least, two bottles, that's right, two bottles of whiskey from our Dutch friends at TexKernel. Don't worry, the, the, the Dutch are not sending Dutch whiskey, I promise. It's, it's the good stuff. Chad and Cheese are actually picking it. All of this delivered to your front door by Joel Cheeseman himself or more than likely a proxy for Joel dressed up like a FedEx or, or UPS employee. Anyway, go to ChadCheese.com, click on the free up in the right-hand corner so that you can register to win. Tell me you are registered at chadcheese.com slash free, Adam. Of course I'm registered. I've, I've, my winning streak is, is not, not, not good, but um, I'm, I'm definitely registered. <laughs> Who isn't registered? Why would you not be? That's a very good question. It's free stuff. Exactly. Who doesn't like free stuff? Good topics. All right, Adam. This remember last week's rumor about Isim's changing CEOs? Yeah, it's, it's not a rumor anymore. Uh, straight out of Homdale, New Jersey, that is. Isim's announced that Brian Provost will join as CEO effective December first, twenty twenty two. That's pretty fast. Brian, the former CEO of Ascentist, brings more than twenty years of executive leadership experience and rapid growth to SaaS technology companies. In his role, Brian. Brian helped scale Ascentis, a provider of full suite HR and workforce management solutions, over three times that, which ultimately led to the company being acquired by a little company called UKG. Steve Lucas, current CEO of iSIMS, will remain on the company's board of directors. Adam, your thoughts on Lucas being replaced by Provost? What the hell is happening over at iSIMS? <laughs> I think this is mostly a uh, normal private equity type of things where um, Steve is headed on to another portfolio company and then there's the, the, the next guy in. So I, I think it's uh, mm-hmm. one of those things that's a, actually, that looks a little bit routine. It's not like a cool ship blowing up. It's not Twitter. Uh, there's nothing ex- <laughs> of that level of excitement <laughs> happening uh, there, but it, uh, certainly it'll be a shakeup and it, there's always new leadership. People always have new ideas. Uh, so I'm super interested to see what, what new 
new leadership Brian brings and what the new what the new strategy might be. Well, and they also have a new CMO. His name is Ari Ozer, I believe. Osher, Ozer, Ozer. Anyway, we're, we'll get that right someday. <laughs> Taking over for Susan Vitali, which is another big move. And Ari spent six years marketing at ADP. What are your thoughts around that? Well, certainly Susan's been around a long time, so that, those are big shoes to fill. But but Ari's got a big decision to go with, um, bird or no bird. So ISIMS had <laughs> ISIMS had the bird, the red bird, as their, yes. their, their for, uh, uh, on their logo for forever since the, sort of the beginning until last year, two years ago. They did a rebrand to go with a sort of light green color and a different. There was no bird, but but then the bird showed up at HR Tech, and, and I was uh, and so now we're we're half bird. So I think Ari's got to decide if, if he's going bird or no bird. So my my question to you is: Do you go with bird or no bird? I I, <laughs> I, li- I like the bird. I, I think I'd go no bird. I think uh, ISIMS is at a point of seriousness where they're trying to compete with with enterprise clients, the upper level. And, and mm-hmm. so, I, while I like the bird, I, I think I'd probably go no bird. It's a, also a new chapter for for Brian to uh, usher, usher usher in something new. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to say. Well, I think we need the bird, and here's why. So I've heard from some who remember the Colin Day era that say that ISIMS, they're just not the company that they, they, they knew and loved, and they truly understand uh, that you know there's been changes, but I've got you got to remember it's not 1999 anymore. So I understand that the no bird, the change to Steve Lucas, I think was incredibly smart. But this move has the stink of PE all over it because Steve and Brian are literally at this point. I think you didn't say it, but I'm going to say it. They're pieces on a chessboard. You know, you've got these portfolio companies, you've got these CEOs, and you're moving the pieces on a chessboard. And what what I mean about that is it's starting to feel more robotic and PE than human and Colin Day. And there's got to be a balance. The brand must feel more human, less robotic. The addition of Ari as the CMO taking over for Susan Vitale. Again, it's a big move. So, you know, there's there's no judgment on Brian and Ari yet because, hell, they haven't even warmed up their chairs yet. But here's my message to both of them. The industry needs to see ISIMS as a leader and not as a robotic one. So get out there, press the flesh, kiss the babies, do the things, the things that will humanize the brand, a brand that has unfortunately over the last few years has started to feel kind of cold and distance. So I think we have to go with a bird. <laughs> love it, love it. What do you think? Do you think... What? what do you think about that, though? Because it seems like when PE starts taking over, it, it just becomes less human. You make a good argument, sort of from a, from an identity perspective. If PE is going to change the CEO every three years based on, as you say, it moving pieces on the chessboard, then they need an identity. I mean, it was Colin for so long. If, there's, if it's going to happen where it's a frequent switch, maybe the bird is that identity. Uh, and, and that can be you know, what, what, what clients find is that consistency over time. You put it much better than I do. Very more concise. I like that. <laughs> All right. We are, we're, we're, we're moving quick, kids. We're moving quick. We're going to the next one. And that's funding woven. Going back to Indy, Indy, Indy. Yeah, I don't think so. That's right, kids. Woven out of Indianapolis, Indiana announced it had, it has raised 1.5 million in seed funding led by Glow Brands. Wasn't Glow? It's a cool name. On 
Netflix. That was a show on Netflix, wasn't it? Anyway, with this funding, Woven will further accelerate its growth to streamline people management, operations, and facility and asset management for franchisees and independent multi-unit business globally. Wow, that's a lot to do and say. Multi-unit business management has been a widespread challenge within the franchise industry, resulting in low productivity, high employee turnover, and disjointed systems. Woven has 100% bootstrap prior to this funding, has 98% customer retention and services. Get this, 700 plus Planet Fitness Clubs, 35 Bluff City Soap locations, and other brands such as Pet Supplies Plus, Great Clips, and yada, yada, yada. So Adam, this is right up your alley. You guys uh, you guys have worked in the franchise space before. You, you still do. Is this funding a spare or a strike? Oh, I think it's a strike. It's early, so it's just a million and a half in, in, in Series A. Uh, but it's the franchise space is very underserved. So you've got uh, a lot of growth in that market uh, yet to come as well. But a lot of people looking to run small businesses and a lot of systems that aren't really made for, for that type of environment. So I say I say strike. Yeah. Well, you guys, you are dealing over at Paradox, you're dealing with franchises now. What are the big differences and, and why have they had such disjointed systems thus far? Well, sure. It, it, it's really like running a small business. And so uh, think of it as uh, there's sort of a, a tension between all the things we do together at the corporate level, like the branding and the marketing and those things. And then there's the autonomy that happens underneath at the franchise level that a person that owns 10 stores of something gets to decide on their own. So the the fundamental problem is that tension. And for all the different franchise organizations, that exists, those tension points exist in different places. So they all make decisions about what corporate controls and what's locally controlled, and it's always different. And that, that creates it, makes it hard to make software that serves franchise well. And Chad, I have a question coming back at you. You mentioned that this is Indianapolis-based. Does that make Indianapolis the new HR tech hotbed? Well, they, they have been since day one. I mean, Online Career Center was there. We had we, we have so many companies. Monster.com, Next has people there. I mean, we've, we've been really the center of internet recruitment uh, and internet recruitment tech for a very long time. And you'll notice that any company that uh, wants to scale uh, throughout at least the U.S., and you're noticing this from brands like Vonk outside the U.S., if you want to get back into the U.S., you need to get people with great experience and uh, connections. And, and a lot of those people are actually in Indianapolis, in, in and around the Indianapolis area. So I say, yes, it, it definitely is. Back to you, though. I, I, t- I took a look on the pricing page, and it starts at $70 per month per location. And on the high side, it's $220 per location per month. And, and I mean, that's less than $3,000 a year for a platform. What, what do you think about that? That that seems like bargain basement pricing. It is. But again, to serve that market, margins tend to be relatively thin. They tend to be price sensitive. As you roll that up, there there's lots of money to be had there. But you have to build software that can actually handle the franchise uh, complexity uh, and, and, and build to that. So it's it, not often done, but there's a lot of market there if Woven can, can help figure it out. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, we're going to go to the next company who received funding this month. That's right, kids. Straight 
out of Sweden. I'm going to keep this up until we actually get a startup uh, out of Compton, by the way. Anyways, Adway, an automated social recruitment marketing solution, announced today that it has raised a 10 million euro Series A from Octopus Ventures and existing investors. Adway's unique recruitment marketing platform empowers talent and recruitment leaders to attract talent at scale and speed. Adway simplifies talent acquisition processes while building deep, diverse social talent pools, reducing cost per hire and removing reliance on traditional talent acquisition and attraction methods and tools. Adam, that's a big word salad for me. I'm having problems digesting it. What does that actually mean to you? Yeah, uh, it means looking to use social media for uh, targeted advertising and be able to uh, use new methods to get attraction for, for businesses. And I think this is something that companies are struggling with uh, in that organizations want to use TikTok and Snapchat and certainly Facebook and Instagram for recruitment, but a lot of it is done manually today. And we're not doing a great job as an industry of measuring ROI of, of the, the effort that we're spending there. So uh, there's definitely room for solutions. I'm always a little bit skeptical about the ability to, to execute there. It actually <laughs> tends to come when companies start to see the bill uh, for what it actually costs to compete to advertise uh, on social media, just because you're then competing against everything else on earth, uh, not just in the job board context where you're competing against other employers, your cost per clicks can get really high and your conversions can be fairly low due to the fact that people aren't necessarily looking for that. But it is the part, you know, it should be part of everyone's plan to think about their strategy to, to get new people for certain scenarios. Do you feel like something like this is more of a brand strategy than it is a talent attraction or acquisition strategy? And, and, and being that you need to, to, to be able to get your brand out there so that it is top of mind before you start really getting the attraction engines moving. And those attraction engines might actually be happening out on job boards, but you need to soften it up. You need to soften up the battlefield before you actually go on it. So doesn't doesn't social media feel more like a marketing and branding tool these days than it does attraction? It, it it does, uh, and and that can go two ways, right? So so uh, being able to to, to market to people. Uh, once they're familiar or if they're not familiar uh, to, to push impressions to them once they've visited your site or, or some in some way communicated with you or for you to, to target them. But yeah, absolutely. It's about brand and it's about reach. So the, the, the traditional metrics will never compare to job board world. The intent of job seekers on job boards is so high because they're on a job board um, <laughs> that that you won't match the 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 pure metrics of it, but it's about reach. It's how do I find people that are, are not going to be looking? Uh, and, and so be able to build that over time and then eventually convert them into into an employee. So this is the big passive play. And, and, and my question is, if you are one of those programmatic players and you don't have a quote unquote social solution, does Adway become a target for you right out of the gate, especially after they just received this this $10 million. Now we sit back, we prospectively integrate, and then we watch for the prospect of acquisition down the line. 
Yeah, I think so. I think it, it makes sense, and people are thinking about solutions there. And, and I think it's not just a programmatic, but to your point about brand, other folks that are involved in the employer brand world. How do we take the, the brand and, and the creative that we have, have made and then push that to social in a way that's more automated than we have people doing that today? So uh, I think absolutely. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I, it, so the new funding will be put toward developing the product suite, Makes sense, but also supporting continued expansion into international markets. They're in Sweden. Everything around them is in an international market. They didn't say USA. They didn't say specifically Europe or, or anything like that. So it's going to be interesting to see where these guys go. I, I am definitely going to be watching very closely because I think, again, they're prospectively filling a brand gap uh, that's a lot of branding platforms don't have, not to mention a lot of programmatic platforms don't have. So it, they, they, there could be blood in the water for an acquisition, who knows? All right, we're jumping to the next one, kids. Straight out of Hyderabad, that's right, Kika. K-E-K-A, Kika Technology Startup, has raised $57 million in a Series A funding led by Westbridge Capital. It is the largest enterprise tech Series A funding round in India. That's, that's, that's pretty big. The investment will help the company in R&D and it expands its engineering product and customer service teams and improves its products. Kika assists Indian SMEs with 20 to 5,000 employees. That's a hell of a span right there. And streamlines and automates payroll, recruiting, leave in attendance, performance management, and more. That is also a span. My God. Adam, Joel and I aren't generally big fans of vendors focused on the SME market, but India has more than 7.9 million micro, small, and medium companies, uh, which might make the calculus a little bit different. What, what do you think about this? It's tricky because um, uh, that's a big round for, for India. I, I, I like that they said uh, they, they topped the previous largest series by $1 million. So they were looking at what whatever the last person raised and said, I want $1 million more than that so to be the, to be the record. Um, <laughs> but... But this is a, a, a crowded space, uh, and, and certainly they're, they seem like they're having some good success. The, the piece with India is about can you get the return on that investment, and you've got to scale really quickly. So if they can be the platform that becomes a standard for all those 7.9 million small businesses uh, in, in India, that, that absolutely can, can work. But certainly, you don't you don't get the sort of price per employee or the the price that you get for for businesses um, in other parts of the world. So a big bet on being able to scale the platform and being able to go do customer acquisition and becoming the standard for uh, small businesses in India. Yeah, if you're a company that is focused just on India and especially this many companies, do you just focus on India or is there? a play with this kind of cash really to look outside of the borders of India because I mean India has a lot of people has a lot of companies which we actually said 7.9 million micro to, to, to medium but is that really where the cash is 
yeah, that, that's the trouble is what's the total addressable market in, in India versus um, heading outside those borders. My guess is there's a whole lot of business to pick up in India. So they can probably do that for some time, but also to, to, to make the money that they will want to eventually make, uh, they'll need to go to other markets and they may pick other developing markets to, to enter that as, as well. That would make a lot of sense for uh, rather than go to compete with Workday and SAP and, and others. So um, thinking about the near-term strategy, I'm sure there's lots of money in India, but likely they have to go to new countries to, to meet their financial goals. Yeah, I, I tell you, man, the, the, their TAM around automating payroll, recruiting, leave and absence, performance management, and oh, by the way, and more. I mean, that to me, it, it automatically signals warning bells because it it is that is so much to do. And even before they had $57 million, right? So getting this kind of cash, and you've seen it before, getting this kind of cash means that you're going to have to broaden up your TAM more because you've got to, uh, you, you've got to promise more than what you've done before to be able to get more money than what you've actually gotten before. Is this to, to, to you when you're looking at companies like this, not saying that Kika is a bad company, but is this just like an alarm bell to you when you see companies who already have a pretty broad TAM and then they get new money, especially this kind of money? Uh, not, not always. It can be, <laughs> depending on how they're planning on spending it. But but also, if they've got momentum and they simply need to, to scale to be able to service that, to continue to develop that, uh, it really depends on what their penetration looks like so far. I think they've got 6,500 customers. So 6,000 out of you know 7.9 million, uh, they've got a ways to go. So there's there's definitely some scale to get inside India yet, but they, they must have a larger vision to go and, and be a, a platform in other parts of the world as well. So um, certainly always want to um, be sure that the vision, the vision is aligned with the future and uh, as a customer of a company that raises funding. And who knows, the next time we talk about Kika, they might be... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent. Build great teams and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. All right, Adam. The question is, is social media dying? Here's a little excerpt from the Atlantic's article entitled, The Age of Social Media is Ending. Seems fairly ominous. Uh, It's over. Facebook is in decline. Twitter is in chaos. Mark Zuckerberg's empire has lost hundreds of billions. That's what the B kids, but billions of dollars in value and laid off 11,000 people, and I'm predicting that more are going to be coming soon. With its ad business in peril and its metaphors, fantasy in irons, 
Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter has caused advertisers to pull spending and power users to shun the platform running to Mastodon. It's never felt more plausible that the age of social media might be soon to an end. Is this chicken little uh, or was social media a flamethrower bound to burn itself out? <laughs> uh, I think it's mostly chicken little, to be honest. Um, certainly, there's lots of chaos at Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you know, lots has happened there in the last in the last month, but there's still massive platforms with incredible reach and incredible influence over our society. And I think you actually can look at TikTok to say um, one that has incredible ex- growth rates to say actually social media is not dying. It's simply the preferences are changing and, and what people are doing on social networks is is different. The article cha- uh, actually talks a lot about um, what's different between a social network. Maybe LinkedIn is a, the best social network I, you know, to people. I want to connect with people that I know in the social media. So I want to give content and produce user-generated content for that network. And I think the, the shift is, is TikTok in some ways is uh, much more of a social media, watching things from people you don't know and consuming media in a different way. So I think preferences are changing, but I don't, I don't think it's the end. I agree. Remember the globe back in the, in the in the late 90s? It opened my eyes to the ability of hyper connectivity, but mainly that was just a one to one scale, right? So it wasn't really scalable, but it was one to one. I was having discussions with people all over the globe. It was amazing. Then Friendster and MySpace demonstrated that connectivity could be one to many. I agree 100%. Social media is doing nothing but evolving. I think what we've seen in the weaponization of social media over the past years, uh, we're going to have to put some guardrails in place, whether those are companies that are actually creating these guardrails or the uh, the, the federal governments uh, actually starting to put guardrails in. And I see Europe doing that first. What do you think? Because we're seeing Europe really put the smack down on big companies. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and thinking about like the regulation of you know, media has been regulated for a very long time uh, in, in in our society with radio and television, and and there's not really much reason that um, social media and its different forms shouldn't have some regulation and, and as well. So uh, the scale problems get harder with user generated content and other things, but. Absolutely. Uh, Europe <laughs> tends to want to figure these things out first and, and good for them. They, they create the framework for everyone else. Yeah, it's, it, it is interesting because, you know, we've talked with our friend uh, EEOC Commissioner Keith Sonderling around AI and hiring. I think, I think the bigger conversation, AI is almost like a smokescreen at this point. The bigger conversation is the problem that we're having right now. It's really social media. And uh, I mean, there are actual background, quote unquote, background check companies that are out there that, that, that check your social feeds. Now, I, I know there are some lines that are painted around that uh, to ensure that you're not, you know, you're not you're not uh, hiring some white nationalists or, or, or what have you. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's it still it, it is still the Wild West out there in social. And I'm not sure that even the European government 
has a laser focus on this problem. What, what do you think about that? Is there just way too much tech that's out there and we just can't get our arms around all of it? Yeah, no, no doubt. The, the explosion of it makes that problem really difficult. And, and governments are, aren't exactly wizards at always at making technology. Uh, so so as <laughs> time, time will come uh, where we'll figure out how to, how to ingest content and have some supervision or uh, regulation of certain types of tech to flag things. But it, this is all a natural evolution of, of an industry to call it the death of social media is is presumptive it's absolutely changing but it's it's definitely not going to die yeah i gotta say man that actually having discussions in 1996 with newfound friends that were in australia blew my fucking mind at the time and then watching the scalability of social media today still blows my mind. It's continuing to happen. The evolution is just amazing. But we've got to go on to something else that is even more mind-blowing. Amazon layoffs and robots. Those things are going to, to slowly meld into, I think, the same word after a while. Amazon is planning to lay off around 10,000 employees in corporate and technology roles beginning this week. And what would amount to its biggest such reduction to date. In other news, Amazon is currently testing Sparrow, a warehouse automation, at a facility in Texas where the robot is already sorting products for customer orders. The company says Sparrow can handle 65% of more than 100 million items in inventory. Amazon is downsizing on the white collar side and on the blue collar side, they have robots coming in. Adam, it sounds like Amazon will be changing its name to Skynet soon. Any any thoughts? Yeah, I have lots of thoughts on that. One, I think it's a little predictable. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that Amazon's looking to use robots to, to think in their fulfillment centers to, to do that. I think everyone is just curious about how far along we are and looking at, at a lot of companies in, in the space uh, that are doing logistics uh, robotics. Uh, I think we're a lot further along than people realize for that particular problem, how much technology is in a modern day warehouse and and, and the sorting and the technology that goes to that. Of course, today, labor is still needed, um, but that is fundamentally changing. And and how much of that is automated? And um, I I think it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that Amazon is is thinking about that as a way to continue to be efficient and to to save labor. Oh, yeah. No, Jeff Bezos, as soon as he can get a, a T2 Terminator, it's over, dude. He's going to do it every step of the way so that he can build an even bigger super yacht. It's pretty amazing. And to me, it's also evolution, right? We talk about, again, we earlier were talking about the horse and buggy. Uh, these are things and these are jobs that are backbreaking jobs in many cases. And uh, they're just more fitting for robots. Let's, I would love to see governments as opposed to focusing on trying to give Amazon tax credits to be able to come to their state to be able to actually have Amazon pay their taxes so that we can, oh, I don't know, maybe educate our people to fill these quote unquote skills gaps that need bridged. Uh, There's just so much that we can do. Again, I don't think the answer is either on the corporate private side or the public government side, we have to have a melding of the two. It's hard to look on the horizon and see that anything like that's gonna happen anytime soon. 
in the U.S. Your thoughts anywhere else in the world that could prospectively be doing this better without trying to stifle innovation at the same time? Uh, that's pretty tricky to think about doing it without stifling innovation. Uh, but there are some interesting long-term questions that, that happen there. Certainly, Amazon knows this problem really well. They've got lots of labor market economists who measure labor market decay, where if they come to your town and put in a big facility, they know it's a matter of time before they've employed everyone that's employable for their type of job in that area. Uh, and so then they're off to a different spot. And they burn them out. And, and there's just only so much that, that they can do. And, and so it, it is, there's a structural labor market problem. The, the point you bring up is, is an interesting one about robot taxes. So how do we start to think about paying for education and skills training, other things, and also the taxes that are lost um, went from workers that used to be doing that that work. And how do we think about recovering that? So that that's certainly been one that's, that's talked about um, as well, being able to think about how do we still tax labor, uh, in quotes, I guess, in, in, in some ways, and how do we have different societal functions for than we think of today? So lots of interesting questions to, to chew on there. Yeah, how do we do that? And Jeff Bezos still keeps his super yacht. That's the question. And, and it, it keeps me up at night, Adam. It keeps me up. All right, we're going to be right back and uh, we're going to bang and blame. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. Welcome to Miami, Benvindido a Miami. The popular adult film website, Bang Brothers, offered the Miami Heat 10 million. Boy, that escalated quickly. 10 million bones, that's right, for naming rights, with the Heat serving, uh, severing ties with FTX because of its recent collapse. Bang Bros has once again made another bid via social media. The Heat has been with FTX since June of 2021, not very long, but decided it was better to part ways after the company's downfall, aka they didn't have a fucking choice. Adam, is this a PR stunt by Bang Brothers or just good marketing? I mean, it's both. So there, there's 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 no way that the Miami Heat would ever allow the arena to be to be called that. It's Miami, though. Come on. Although, although like the two counterpoints are that it's Miami, and they also did a 19 year deal with FTX, which I think it existed existed for 20 minutes when they did that deal. <laughs> So I, maybe there's questionable judgment there that it would be possible, but uh, it is Miami, so you never know. Uh, well, you know what? It doesn't matter if this is a PR stunt or not, like you said, because if TikTok goes away, I predict at least one premium Bang Brothers membership coming, and that'll be in the form of Joel Cheeseman. Bang and blame, everybody. We out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. 
brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.